Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Locked on Giants. I'm your host, Art Stapleton of The Record. It is Monday, October 17th, and the Giants are 3-3. Three and three. Back at 500 after an enormous come-from-behind victory against the Ravens on Sunday, 27-23. In reality, it shouldn't have been that close. The Giants got off to a slow start inexplicably falling behind 10-0. And the day will be remembered not only as the game Eli Manning got his 300th career touchdown pass, joining some elite company, but the day Odell Beckham Jr. got engaged. No, actually, he didn't get engaged, but he did come out with his best game performance of his entire career over 200 yards receiving eight catches two touchdowns from Eli Manning a 75 yarder late in the third quarter and then a 66 yarder on fourth down which if the Giants didn't convert would have been the final play of the game for them he turns a slant into a touchdown against a ravaged Ravens secondary. Jimmy Smith was out with a concussion in the game. Safety got tripped up with the corner, diving in, trying to cover the tight end. And Beckham Jr. turns what would have been an awful, potentially season-defining loss to the Ravens into a game that could ultimately save the Giants' season and jumpstart them on what they hope is a run back to the postseason. Again, this Locked On Giants, we're proud to be members of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That's the beauty in what we do. We're inside. We give you the reports that no one else gives you on a daily basis from teams. We cover the Giants from the inside out, and you can always get the best information here and in my coverage at NorthJersey.com, part of the USA Today Network. Odell Beckham Jr., the game he had yesterday, the laughs, the smiles, the criticism, You know, I ended up writing a story today uh, on Odell, and I just thought if you follow me on Twitter, you got a little taste of what has been going on with Odell at art underscore Stapleton. It's just been an, an incredible season to this point, six games in for Odell Beckham Jr. And if you thought last year, the way last year ended, with the game in Carolina, the Josh Norman fiasco, the suspension in Minnesota, the season ending not the way they wanted to, the new coaching staff coming in, Tom Coughlin leaving, 
Odell coming back for this season, and the idea that in six games, Odell is probably an even bigger name and a bigger story than what he was last year uh, is pretty incredible. When you consider what he did on the field yesterday and the kind of performance he did, it was the most receiving yards for a Giants player in the Super Bowl era. 222 receiving yards, the second highest total in franchise history, exceeded only by Del Schaffner's 269 yards versus Washington in 1962. Odell has eight touchdown receptions of 50 or more yards. That's the NFL's highest total since he entered the league in 2014. What he's been able to do is redefine this entire Giants offense. And what he's been able to do off the field is polarize an entire sports community. And anything he does, people will look to criticize. People will look to have an opinion, a hot take, a reason as to why he did it. There are armchair psychologists ready to ready to step in and and get Odell Beckham Jr. in in onto the couch to be able to evaluate his psyche and his uh, his mindset. Uh, it's been a crazy month and a half for Odell Beckham Jr. and the Giants. For a rookie head coach and Ben McAdoo, it has not been easy. He's been dealing with challenges essentially from the moment he took over the job. Uh, he ended up finding out about Josh Brown's situation, the domestic violence accusations, the one-game suspension that was on tap uh, that actually came out in training camp, so he had to deal with that, uh, Victor Cruz's injury situation and whether or not he would be back this season. McAdoo had to deal with that. Uh, he's had to deal with the Odell situation, which, uh, let's be honest, people look at at Odell, and you're going to have your opinion one way or the other. I figured I'd share my opinion on the Odell situation tonight, waiting the entire day out to hear and read different opinions, see what everyone thinks. Uh, I form my opinion, uh, and I admit I probably have a different opinion because I've gotten the opportunity to know Odell a little bit. Uh, I think I, I know him probably better than anybody on the Giants beat. I had the opportunity to do a couple personal stories with him uh, as a rookie. And uh, I think, you know, I've developed a level of trust that he doesn't have with other reporters. Uh, and I believe that in this instance, you have to see the forest through the trees with Odell. And I don't think in this hot take world of we have to have an opinion, we have to be right, we have to put it out there and get clicks and get attention, I'm not real sure if anyone can actually take the time to see Odell Beckham Jr. for who he is and what he's doing. Uh, there are talking heads that are out there, and I, I say that with, with as much respect as I possibly could, uh, but... You know, to listen to people compare Odell Beckham Jr. to Jeremy Shockey and Terrell Owens uh, without knowing the 
player and the person and just trying to kind of fan the flames, it just becomes one of those situations where I think um, people just want to be a part of something, part of a controversy. Controversy sells. Uh, and I think in, in today's media, of which I am part, uh, I think that's kind of where people kind of forget about dealing with players as people and they just deal with players as uh, commodities. Uh, and I think in this instance, and through some fault of his own, Odell Beckham Jr. has found himself in a, in a middle where he cannot win. He cannot win in this situation because no matter what he does, he's going to be criticized. He was criticized for showing anger and frustration by swinging the helmet into the kicking net on the sideline. So what did he do? He tried to flip the script and joked about hugging it out with the kicking net in Green Bay. Uh, that didn't go over so well because the Giants lost. So the Giants yesterday get two unbelievable catches from Beckham as far as his touchdowns go. The game winner, Beckham comes out of the back of the end zone, takes his helmet off, still technically in the field of play, and gets a 15-yard penalty. Then runs back to the sideline, drops to one knee in front of the kicking net, and fakes a proposal of marriage to that same kicking net. Now, it was humorous. It got a lot of attention. Uh, One thing I noticed when Beckham did that, and if you watch the video back, you see photographers from everywhere crowded around him anywhere he went on the sideline following him up and down the sideline now no one's feeling sorry for Odell Beckham Jr. the kid's a star 23 years old he's got the world in the palm of his hands he's done everything he can possibly do to this point football wise uh, from an individual perspective he had the, the most productive First two seasons of any player in history, eclipsing that of Randy Moss. What he's been able to accomplish as a giant. uh, There's one player who's had a kind of impact when he joined the Giants, and that's Lawrence Taylor. Uh, Arguably, in in some circles, not even arguably, uh, the greatest defensive player in NFL history, let alone the Giants. So that's the lofty status that Beckham is dealing with. And... In today's day and age where celebrity is a click away, Beckham is a celebrity. No matter where he goes, since that catch against the Cowboys as a rookie on that Sunday night at MetLife Stadium, he has been a celebrity. He's a phenomenon. Kids want his hair, kids want his haircut. Uh, Celebrities want to be near him, be around him. He stays at Drake's house this offseason he gets caught in a picture with Khloe Kardashian and all of a sudden they're dating and his face is splashed on a gossip magazine Uh, is he the father of Khloe's unborn child this is the life this is the reality of Odell Beckham Jr. so when people see him take his helmet off in the back of the end zone after a play the initial reaction is he's a diva And if anyone covers the Giants knows, anyone who pays attention, the last thing Beckham is is a diva when it comes to being with his teammates and being in the locker room. He's the hardest worker in the building. You can't say that enough. 
what the kid does on a practice field for his younger teammates is really unparalleled. The idea of being able to to work with Eli Manning and gain the respect of a two-time Super Bowl MVP quarterback before he actually took the field and did what he needed to do as a rookie and put up one of the all-time greatest rookie seasons a wide receiver ever had, he earned Manning's respect. And that's not easy to do when you come in as a 21-year-old who can't get on the field because of hamstring issues. So fast forward to Sunday, huge win for the Giants. Beckham, for the first time in his career, he made a crucial catch with the game on the line for a touchdown, and the Giants actually won the football game. Think about that, folks. 6-10, and 6-10, and ten, and 2-3 and three up until yesterday. That Beckham for all of his heroics, for all of the eye-popping statistics, Beckham had never really delivered in a big game with a great catch or a big touchdown in a Giants win until yesterday. And if you're going to look at what he did after the game, or at least at the end of the game with a minute 23 left, You have to go back to the second quarter when Beckham went up for a ball, a deep ball from Eli Manning, came down on his left hip, and suffered a hip pointer. He could barely walk off the field. Somehow he came out for the first play of the next series, and then it was too much. He went right into the locker room. You know, and this is something that, with his track background, Beckham knows his body. Beckham was not going to stay out there. He knew something was wrong. He needed to get it treated. So he went back into the locker room. Giants are losing at that point. The offense is struggling. Lo and behold, with Beckham in the locker room, they catch fire. All of a sudden, Manning hits Cruz on a fourth down for a big completion, hits Cruz again to get down inside the 10. And then Roger Lewis Jr., a rookie, who tweeted today that he was wearing Eli Manning's jersey when he was in middle school, ends up catching his first career touchdown, which happens to be his first NFL catch, and Eli Manning's 300th touchdown pass for his career. And the Giants are on the board down 10-7 late in the second quarter. And then, of course, Willis Reed a.k.a. Odell Beckham Jr., comes out of the locker room and gets back on the field late in the first half and then plays the entire second half, does what he did, catches a 75-yard touchdown pass from Manning, and then catches a 66-yard touchdown from Manning to win the game. So now we go back to the kicking net. All of that happens, and now the, now it's the kicking net, and everybody is surrounded Odell Beckham Jr. on the sideline. He jokes, turns around. She said yes. We're not real sure if it's Nettie Beckham Jr. or Annette Beckham Jr., but at this point, people are still trying to figure out a name for the kicking net. Here's the thing with the net. 
I find it ironic that with Beckham, he's being accused of making a mockery of the game because of what's gone on with the kicking net. When the mocking of him three weeks ago with that net on back pages and social media, on sports radio and on sports center, that's what contributed to getting this far. So knowing Odell Beckham Jr., this is him mocking everything about the controversy. This is him mocking himself, in a sense, of how it's gotten to this point. And I joked, using a little little pop culture reference, I said he's taken a page from Beyonce's playbook, that this is his lemonade. He brought the lemons upon himself, and now he's doing his part to make the best of the situation. You know, he had... 222 receiving yards. He had two touchdowns. The game winner. The Giants desperately needed him. And now it's all about his antics again. And I think people are missing the boat as to what Beckham was trying to prove. And I think afterwards, after the game, was the greatest indication of what happened. So now I'll set you up in MetLife Stadium. We end up getting Ben McAdoo in in his press conference in the Giants locker room. Uh, Usually get a lot of the players. Eli Manning will go to his press conference. Now, the Giants wanted Odell Beckham Jr. to be able to go to the podium, which is usually reserved for the stars of the game. Uh, But Beckham was getting treatment on his hip after the game, so he could not go to the podium. So he was in the middle of the locker room when he was done with treatment in an empty locker room. There was no one in the locker room other than, uh, I think, a couple players. Weston Richburg was still there, uh, but it had, it had emptied out. And there were about three dozen reporters, cameramen, surrounding Beckham in the middle of the locker room. And we, everybody asked questions, and he talked about the game, and everyone wanted to talk about the net, and he had the comment about... Uh, you know, you'd, you'd make, you know, you and the net might have some interesting children. He joked, you know, blonde nettish, uh, that kind of thing. And it, it was, you know, it was funny. Uh, and then when that interview session was complete, Beckham was handed a cell phone and he took a seat next to another locker. It was time for a video chat with Deion Sanders. Dion, as I'm sure most of you know, is an analyst for NFL Network. Dion does a FaceTime interview pretty much every week with a player. And this was his video chat with Beckham, an interview that later would air on NFL Network in their post-game show at the end of the day. So you set the scene. You could see I put up some photos and a little bit of video on my Twitter account. Here's Beckham sitting there in front of a locker talking to Deion Sanders on FaceTime. Now, you got to remember, all these reporters were just talking to Odell Beckham Jr. So here we are, and everybody takes their phones out and starts shooting video of Beckham FaceTiming Deion Sanders. (laughs) This is what it had become. This is what Odell Beckham Jr.'s reality is. So when he finished up his interview with Deion Sanders, Beckham got up started walking out of the locker room. He was gingerly limping every step of the way. 
he walked out the door of the locker room into the stadium hallway at MetLife. And there are times where there are people waiting around, but this isn't a situation where the Giants have family members outside of the locker room. They normally have an area uh, that's restricted to pretty much uh, anyone without VIP access. That includes the media. Uh, in, a, in a kind of a back room where the family waits, so uh, there's nobody usually out in the hallway. Well, at this point, Beckham comes out of the out of the doors of the locker room, and instead of making a quick left turn and getting getting out of the stadium and heading to the family room, he stopped. But it wasn't for another interview. This wasn't for cameras. This wasn't for any media members. He stopped. And he went over and he greeted a young child who had on his jersey and was with his family. And there were people wearing Make-A-Wish Foundation hats. And it was obvious that this child was there at the game as part of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. The Giants do it every week. I'm sure many other teams in the NFL have relationships with the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Uh, I've seen the Giants personally. It's been a great thing started under Tom Coughlin and has continued now uh, where a -a Make-A-Wish child, his his or her wish is granted by the team. Uh, They get to come to the game. A lot of times they can come on a Friday and meet with the team or a Saturday, meet with the team before the game. Then they come to the stadium. They get to watch the game. uh, And then the kids get to come outside of the locker room, usually after the game. Uh, but it's rare that we see this in front of us, the media, when we leave the locker room. But here's Beckham after everything he's got, and the last thing he wants to do is spend more time at the stadium uh, after getting treatment, and he can barely walk, and it, it, all the stuff that's gone on and all the media requests, this has become his daily reality. It's either something to admire or ridicule at every single turn. And I think... Without a true appreciation of where it's at. And I think, for the most part, Beckham is responsible for it. He starts it. Nobody's feeling bad for him. He's got a great life right now. At 23 years old, he is a a worldwide star. We saw that this summer when he was in Germany with the NFL as an ambassador. Fans in the German streets chanting his name... Now that the Giants go to London, he's taken his game international again. You know, only this time it's different. He's bringing his team with him. The Giants are 3-3. Three and three. They're desperate to get to 4-3 and three against these Rams. Rams lost a heartbreaker in Detroit. This is a Rams team that you remember, even though they've changed locales from St. Louis to, to Los Angeles. Beckham has a history with these Rams. Some of the same players, but this was the team that started the brawl as his rookie year when they dumped him out of bounds. I believe it was Alec Ogletree, a linebacker, who dumped Odell out of bounds. They had a safety, TJ McDonald, who also uh, speared a teammate, if I remember correctly, when he was trying to get Odell coming across the middle. Uh, This is not going to be an easy game. But in the, in the week that was for Odell Beckham Jr., what Sunday's game represented is the fact that his star power 
is greater than it's ever been. And I think as much as the Giants will criticize the penalty, which they should, for taking off his helmet, Ben McAdoo said on a conference call, can't have it, he knows that. And then when he was asked about Beckham in the kicking net, he said, we as a team need to focus on the ball game. Well, with Beckham, it's always going to be interesting. It's always going to be entertaining for the Giants and for Beckham. They want the ending they had Sunday. They want the win. And at 3-3, three and three, heading to London, if Beckham can play the way he did, sparking Eli Manning to play the way he did, if the defense can continue to improve and play the way they did, the Giants might have something. And it does come down to being able to cut out stupid penalties, to cut out sloppy play, and for them to actually feel like they can have their stars be stars. So for all that's been written about and talked about for Beckham, I think the the best part about his game on Sunday was the fact that when he was counted out and he was off the field, the Giants actually produced so that when he came back on the field, he was a guy who just took over the game. And I think that's kind of what you need to remember coming out of this game. So that would be my take on, on Beckham. I don't think it's a distraction like everyone else has made it out to be. Look, if I were him, I would put the kicking net to bed. I don't. I would not worry about that right now. I think it's over. Uh, I think I would focus on just getting ready for this week, seeing if you can get your yourself healthy, um, and that's kind of where we're at. So, on a day where Beckham had his best game as a pro, the Giants got a much needed win. We'll be back in the building tomorrow for some player availability, and then the Giants will practice Wednesday and Thursday here in New Jersey, and then board a flight Thursday night heading to London. Uh, They will not practice on Friday. They have availability with some press conferences on Friday in England, and then on Saturday they will have their uh, practice uh, day before the game, and then before you know it, it'll be 9.30 a.m. here in the States, and the Giants will be kicking off with the Rams, and uh, we'll see where they can get, if they can get to 4-3 and three before the bye. I think that would be a huge step forward, especially with the way the NFC East has been playing around them. Cowboys haven't lost since the Giants beat them. Redskins haven't lost since they were here and, and beat the Giants. Uh, The Eagles have lost two in a row, but obviously they have some optimism with the way Carson Wentz has played. So this is a very difficult division. Only division in football without a losing team. And the Giants are going to need Odell Beckham Jr. and Eli Manning to play the way they played on Sunday in order to have a chance to contend. Thanks for listening to Locked On Giants for Monday night, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.
Is Democracy in Danger or Decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.